Hey there, Aligned You listeners. This is Dr. M here and welcome to our Aligned and Thriving season and series of interviews. I am super pumped to be sharing a series of stories and interviews with some amazing humans, people, some who I've admired from a distance for a long period of time, others who I know personally and call dear, dear friends and feel very privileged to do so. This series is designed to actually dive deeper into what allows them to truly live an aligned you and aligned you life and to be thriving, whether that's in their work life, their home life, or their play life. And working out truly, is there common themes or is everyone different? And we really do all reach our full potential in our own unique way. I'm your host, Dr. M, and you're listening to Aligned You, a podcast designed to assist you to truly be aligned through your body, head, and heart so you can reach your full potential in your own unique way. I'm here with an amazing special guest today. I'm so excited to have this awesome lady on our podcast today. I have the marvelous Alex Stewart with me today. She's a four times best selling author of Low Tox Life, the founder of the thriving online education hub by the same name. She's made several e courses. She's got one of the highest ranked health category podcast in Australia. That's a mouthful when you say that in one. (laughs) Uh, Recipe articles are community action resources for an ever-growing community of people wanting to be healthier and to also not only for them to be healthier but our planet healthier as well and it couldn't be a more important time to actually have this beautiful lady on our podcast. She's an educator, a change agent, an author, a columnist, a speaker, a consultant and she's the forefront of a movement that's non-judgmental and and tough on the system that's got us here. Alex Stewart, welcome to Aligned You. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Maria. It's awesome to be here. Oh, I'm so pleased. We are we are recording a podcast at a very interesting time in our history. <laughs> it is, isn't it? My goodness. There's a lot to talk about. We're certainly not going to run out of things to say. No, I don't think that that would ever be an issue when we sat down to talk, Alex, but uh, <laughs> I have a feeling today might be next level. If we don't get through it all today, I might be able to convince you to come back on at another time. But um, <laughs> we've got, I think it's a remiss. So in case uh, listeners are listening to this down the track, a couple of years down the track. Uh, Alex and I are recording today in the midst of the COVID-19, uh, what are we going to call it, the pandemic? Shall we call it? The yes. Pandemic? Well, that's what it is. So let's, let's go there. Let's let's call it that because it's a uh, very interesting time. So I think it would be remiss of us not to touch on that at some point today um, mm. and the impact it's having on our, our lives, our businesses, and how we really do stay aligned through all of that. Because the premise of my interview series uh, for Aligned You is to talk to people that I think are phenomenal and how they actually stay in spirit, in joy, and aligned in their business life and their home life and how they combine all of that. So that's why I was so excited when you said yes to coming onto the podcast, Alex. And um, I think the times that we live in now put that under the pump like never before. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. So let's get started. Um, You have an amazing business and movement with Low Tox Life and I'd love for you to be able to share with the listeners how you actually started that because you were the you're the pioneer of low tox living. You even coined the term. I love I that. By the way, <laughs> I love hanging out with pioneers. And so when I, I know I, it's crazy and so cool. I think um, so. It might sound a bit cliche, but often it's personal health issues. Um, you know, sort of moments of realization that you have when you come into big moments of adversity in your own life um, that steer a different course for you because when you strip everything away bare, you know, crying in fetal position um, because things just aren't going the way you thought they should go, 
something magical happens there and it's kind of what what is happening to humanity right now I think and and that is that you get so stripped bare that you have to cry it all out and then think about how you might like to rebuild Mm. and the this happened for me in um in two ways in my late 20s, so a few years before I actually started Lotox Life. And the first way was um, with antibiotic resistance and chronic tonsillitis. I had had tonsillitis that many times that drugs didn't work anymore. And so I got this case and I was on the third round of the strongest antibiotics you could be on and uh, they weren't working. And I was crying myself to sleep because it was so painful. My throat was practically closed up and I was spitting into a bottle because I couldn't swallow it. Like I just couldn't handle the pain of swallowing. And um, and I remember uh, a friend coming over, dropping me off some soup, very lovely of her, and she uh, said, you know, have you thought about seeing a naturopath? And this was like 16 years ago now, so that was a while ago. And naturopaths just weren't on every street corner the nature care colleges and endeavor weren't packed with students learning bachelors of health science so um it wasn't easy to find one and and wasn't common so I hadn't even heard of what a naturopath even did or was back then but I wanted to try something new so I did and came across this amazing German woman who'd been a practicing naturopath for 25 years huge amount of experience and knowledge and uh, she sorted out my tonsillitis with some disgusting tasting herbs and some immune support in three days and I was gobsmacked I just I, I could not believe it and uh, recently um, some research had come across her desk linking non-celiac gluten sensitivity this was sort of the first time 16 years ago that this was being talked about to chronic tonsillitis um, because of a relationship that the gluten, the proteins in gluten had with um, streptococcus bugs that cause tonsillitis. So uh, she said, why don't you try putting gluten? And I did. And uh, it, well, you know, as a half Frenchie and 16 years ago, that was a horrific prospect. Oh, yes. But it was a gift because I had never really learned how to cook for myself particularly well. I did a lot of instant meals like, um, you know, lean cuisines, dunking those plastic pouches into saucepans, <laughs> which I, seriously, I like the gee, I wonder why I had hormone problems. I wonder why I had hormone problems eating food out of hot, soft plastic. No, um, that wouldn't have been it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, folks, so, that probably was part of the problem. <laughs> Not really talking about it. 100% was. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, it was a huge adjustment for me to start looking at food labels and cooking from scratch because that was the only food I started being able to trust because over time I saw that actually I didn't get tonsillitis. After having it four or five times a year for over a decade, I just stopped getting it when I cut gluten. And that's not to say that gluten's an evil food. It, it can work for a lot of people. Mm. Um, it just doesn't work for me. And uh, I'm always very mindful of the fact that I will never preach that there is only one way or the highway with any particular food. All whole foods are great in their own way for different people. Um, and, uh, and I firmly believe that because if you look culturally around the world and all the different diet mixes, 
you know, it really just depends on what works genetically, uh, what works locally and, um, and what works for you on a bio-individual level. So um, that was my first experience with toying with my diet and, uh, and it was just amazing. Um, and I had recently also been told that I might have early onset menopause because I hadn't had a period for a couple of years. Mm. And uh, that sort of coincided, I guess, with me quitting the contraceptive pill a couple of years before that, so my mid-20s. And um, and so I came back to Christine and I was like, so, you know, given you're like some sort of magic woman, do you want to tell me what you think of what I've been told by my doctor on this particular issue? She was furious, got me on some more herbs, and two months later I had my period, no problems. Wow. I mean, I do have polycystic ovaries, not the syndrome, but the polycystic ovaries. So symptomatically, metabolically, that always is um, something I've got to be mindful of um, in the way I eat, and uh, but j- largely uh, completely fixable on the amenorrhea um, front. And, I mean, to imagine thinking, right, okay, so I'm just not going to have kids if you really wanted to have kids someday. Um, And, you know, my sister was told that it would be horrifically difficult for her to have kids after endometriosis and polycystic ovarian syndrome. She had both. And uh, and she has two gorgeous baby boys, relatively easy to conceive with naturopathic and nutritional care uh, and chiropractic care, I have to say as well. I'm a huge fan. Well played. Thank you for adding that. Yeah, no, it's true. (laughs) I know you are. Part of my health team. Um, And so so I just started to think, gee, so the food we eat is critically important to our overall health, as are the herbs that we bring into our lives and the vitamins and minerals we may have been missing from taking something like the contraceptive pill, which depletes nutrients massively. Um, as I started to research and find out. And so all the while I'm becoming a pretty good cook, I'm figuring out how to do all this fantastic gluten-free food. Um, My friends and family are like, no way that's gluten-free, that's crazy. And I'm like, I know, right? So I had the whole food thing going on and then when um, Seb was growing in my tummy, I had a baby shower, got given all the lovely gifts and a few were obviously those personal care packs and things for the nursery to get me ready. And I thought I've become so good at reading food labels. You know, it'd be interesting to see what's in this stuff. Sure enough, it was not only 90% plus petroleum-based ingredients, but uh, often things like unsustainable palm oil um, and all sorts of hideous things. And I started to research each chemical on some of the really popular baby brands And I started to sort of see that there were two groups of nasties forming. One was the ones where there were potential um, carcinogens in the research. And the other was this endocrine disruptive group of chemicals that was often used in the preservatives that you find in um, personal care and cleaning products such as parabens, phthalates, BPA in the packaging, and, uh, and then BPS once that came out. And, uh, and the thought of something that could disturb our hormone systems, all of them, not just sex hormones, but thyroid, adrenals, you name it, cortisol. Um, and, uh, and I was just like, how is this stuff even on the shelves? This is crazy. And I'm a smart person. You know, I had a university degree in European political science. I went to a great school, a very fortunate upbringing, incredible um, parents who really taught me the lay of the land uh, when it came to 
big subjects like history and politics and geography and um, science. But I realised I had gotten to, by then, 32 years old and never really thought about what went on me or in me and how it might impact my health or the planet. And that blew my mind that that was so lacking as a huge piece of the education puzzle, you know, when it comes to raising a good, responsible, thoughtful, critical thinking human, you would assume that part of that was knowing what to purchase and how that purchase or grow for that matter and how those things might impact your health and the planet. That to me seems like one of pretty much the most important thing we should be learning. Oh, and well, was- you've got to believe that that's going to change significantly now with the current st- circumstance we're in because we can only do the best with the knowledge that we've got, right? So when we... and I'm Exactly. It's nobody's fault. No, it's very nobody's fault. My upbringing in terms of, and even my health journey, which set me on more of a wellness advocate and expert path versus only working within hands-on chiropractic was very similar story health-wise that God love my mum, the first time she went out shopping, which would have been 20 years ago now, um, to find gluten-free products, the poor woman was mm. gone for six hours because yes, it wasn't exactly. and came home <laughs> in tears. Yoda came home in tears because she's like, I can't believe we've been eating this because all a lot of the um, ingredients had changed over the years. So she was still buying the same brand that she'd been buying from Coles at Carilla for however many decades but hadn't read the ingredients for a really long time and then mm. came home with a, a totally different understanding of, of what it was that we were, that we were putting into our body. I yeah. think it's amazing that through that journey, and it's it's so often the case in people's story when they actually are, are very much in a purpose driven business that it started off with their with their own story. So, what was that next step then to take it to the community? Well, I had always been I had had two career pivots by then, so I'd done a big stint in cosmetics from my teens to my mid twenties, um, and had ended up being. Uh, a regional manager in the travel retail space for Australian New Zealand key accounts in one of the best French brands. And part of that role, especially in the territories where you didn't have huge teams, was training and motivation for those sales teams in like the French Pacific and New Zealand, the Cook Islands, etc. So I had done a lot of traveling and a lot of training of people and um, I was a good teacher. I really enjoyed it. And I really loved motivating people, helping them see how to overcome their challenges, how to help them build um, or help myself build resources that they could use to make their jobs easier. And, uh, and then I had done that in hospitality when I left um, cosmetics because uh, I, <laughs> so funny, retrospectively, I felt completely allergic to the industry. I hated coming to work. I hated all the headaches I would always get. And I just left at 25. I used a big breakup in my life to kind of just break it all up. I call it the quarter life crisis. And, um, and, uh, and miraculously the headaches went, it wasn't for another few years until I realized why, but they, they left me and I moved into hospitality and, um, and I did some singing in nightclubs and stuff. It was super fun. You know, I'd gotten way too serious way too early in life. So it was great to have that sort of couple of years where I was bartending and singing and um, and then got a bit more serious in that industry because it needed a lot of um, help on the training front. There was a lot of um, 
kind of, uh, you know, we, I was part of a group of bartenders who were running the top bars in the country at the time, really bringing in beautiful classic cocktails again and all that kind of stuff, you know, running cocktail competitions and really raising the bar, um, pardon the pun, on that whole <laughs> industry. And I know you can't help but put it in. Um, <laughs> I feel you've done that before. <laughs> I have, I have, sorry. It was right, I don't even old, pause anymore. Goody, that one. <laughs> totally. Um, and uh, and so and then of course I became the training manager for the large hospitality group that I ran, and then I became a consultant. So by the time I was in my early thirties, I had been a teacher, trainer, motivator in two industries, teaching adults for over a decade, and uh, I became so called to this demystifying of our food system, chemical system, how people, everyday people can start actually making better choices, not just for themselves, but for the planet, as I was discovering um, as I went along in my own learning. And, um, and I thought, there's no great education resources for adults to navigate this stuff. Mm. And, uh, and as soon as, you know, I had like a, a toddler, I started to realise how many friends were struggling with feeding their kids and fussy eating and all that kind of stuff. I was like, this isn't hard. We just, our generation just doesn't have the tools because our parents were the first double income working parents. And so often we grew up with a mum just getting dinner done because it was fast. There was no time to teach you how to make the dinner. Well, it was kind of you cool know, to um, tonight in our, in our era for our TikTok. <laughs> I, I the, the, we had the Pataks curry jars and oh, things wow. spread well, out was, on a lamb lamb was, chop. Because my mum, like um, my mum was at home most of the time. She did go back to work when I was in year six, and I was devastated. So she stopped teaching again. Um, story for another time. But um, yeah. it, we felt quite deprived not having chicken tonight. So on the odd night where she would bring it out, it would be like, oh, but that's probably why we don't have it. But that's a, that's again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for another time, perhaps. Oh, yeah. I love it. Well, I love that you've created such amazing resources um, and they, they continue to grow. Because when did you start Lotox? It's been a while. And tell us about why Lotox versus Notox, because I think that's yeah. really important, in, particularly in well, any time, even if we rewound about six weeks ago from when we're recording now, is it so important not to be so anal that you isolate yourself from the rest of the exactly. world? Exactly. That's, uh, you've nailed it, uh, Maria. That's one of the huge reasons uh, I chose those words. Um, and uh, in true genic style, when we all thought we actually had to have a completely original idea and not copy anybody to start something, um, that it was really important me, to me to design a phrase that didn't exist. And I Googled and Googled and Googled to make sure that it didn't exist once I landed on it. And I knew when I was starting to sort of brainstorm um, potential names that I didn't want the words like free from or no or cut or quit or any of that kind of stuff because it, it spoke very much to the diet culture I had grown up in um, that had caused me a lot of grief and a lot of body shame and a lot of guilt for not being able to stick to whatever ridiculous regime or protocol the new superstar of diets was bringing out. And I hated it. It just wasn't normal life. It was something that you exited your life to create um, an alternate reality from and then come back in and then it doesn't work. Mm. So I really wanted to search for a way to create a spirit of gradual integration and curiosity. And, uh, and that was kind of how 
I landed on the word low also because there is no no-tox anymore. I mean, there's Teflon particles in Arctic sheets of ice. So to, to, to presume that we could even be perfect in this realm of reducing our environmental toxins through food and, and personal care and what we surround ourselves with at home or even what we walk around in outside is a completely false idea. So I didn't want to make anyone feel like there was even a way to do this perfectly or that we would arrive at a point and go, ah, I'm done, I am no talks. Um, <laughs> I think it's, it's really not possible. It's not possible. I think it's also, I love the words gradual uh, integration and the curiosity side of things because what it also allows and has allowed you to do beautifully over the years is it's never put you into a corner. There's other people that have placed themselves very firmly into a, a spot, a belief system that mm-hmm. means when, when information might come to light or there's different circumstances that we have to navigate because um, a conversation we're having off air, which we perhaps might talk about now, is particularly in uncertain times, there's just things you might have to change. Um, mm. Life's changing yeah. at a rapid rate at the moment. So if you've popped yourself into such a firm box where there's nowhere to move, you don't have yeah. that, that flexibility to be human in, in the circumstances that you're in. Exactly. I mean, imagine the amount of people who are ashamed to be eating a certain way right now because they have to go mega frugal and basically just eat legumes and uh, rice right now, you know, and they were part of a huge paleo movement and they just can't afford the meat or whatever. Or or it might might not be available because... it might not be available, exactly. Or the the vegan who it works brilliantly for a few months as a cleansing protocol to just flood their body with phytonutrients and vitamins and all the good stuff. But actually over time maybe they start to feel really weak and, uh, you know, some this happened to a lot of people. No one should be feeling guilty for buying a steak and uh, especially when you buy it from a beautiful regenerative pasture-fed uh, organisation. Everything is life and death in a rotating wheel mm. and, uh, and the guilt and shame that still exists in our world. It's impossible to eat a piece of food without something dying. Yeah. No matter what you eat, a lettuce leaf, probably three caterpillars and a couple of other insects died, you know. So I feel like the shame piece needs to just be put right to the side and we all need to unify on true whole food systems, real low-tox chemical systems, um, embrace green chemistry and all the amazing technology that has come from producing super high-performance products that we want and need in our natural modern world but um, but without sort of hurting our health and our hormones and our planet and all the animals that the runoff of the water with all the hormone disruptors, you know, starts heading off into the seas and lakes and things. And, you know, it just blows my mind how impactful we can be in our day-to-day life with this stuff and I really wanted to create a suite of education tools um, through courses, podcasts, blog posts and and such and then just a community where like minds could come together and chat about all these things. So that was why Lotox Life was born and originally it was um, Alex, I think it was called Alex Stewart Real Food Lotox Living and, uh, you know, it was just that was what I called it but 
after chatting to my sister, who's a bit of a branding guru, I was like, it's the longest thing in the world. (laughs) And I don't want my name in there. This is bigger than me. It's not about me being some superstar. It's about a way of life. And she said, well, real food is part of low-tox living. So why don't you just ditch that and make it one of the pillars? And that was how the food, body, home, mind, planet pillars were born. I love that. That's so cool. And one of the things that I I particularly love is the community aspect of what you're speaking about because our human connection and that community piece of like-minded souls is so important for those key pillars that you talk about or in Aligned You, I talk about head, heart and body and that those need to be actually working at their best, which all fit into the the different um, pillars that you have as well. I love your passion when you start speaking about your business and how you help people. I want to talk a little bit more, Alex, and we were discussing about this when we were talking about you coming on on the show as a guest, was talking about how this then crosses over into your into your own life in staying aligned mm-hmm. and what the key areas are for you. Obviously, there's the low-tox aspect, but when you break it down to say, and you might want to break it into more, but even if it's a top three to five things that you do on a regular basis that help you stay aligned, where do you go with that straight away? What's the first thing that comes to mind for you? So number one for me is peace. That is my highest value, um, bringing peace to other people, bringing peace to a situation, bringing peace to myself, mm-hmm. find, you know, cultivating peace. And I feel it when I drift from that high value and it could be downward spiralling through a hole in the internet trying to, you know, get too involved in discussions around current affairs or it could feel, you know, hopelessness and dread or watching people fight about something that neither of them is ever going to be absolutely right about. And, uh, you know, seeing those those unpeaceful things, feeling those unpeaceful feelings is when I feel out of alignment. That's, mm-hmm. I'm not a fighter. I am absolutely 100% peacemaker. And, uh, and so finding my sense of peace and finding a way to be peaceful in the work that I do and bring peace to others is my principal way of um, feeling aligned. Uh, and so that, that sort of, I mean, that manifests itself in all sorts of ways. It's me, you know, having uh, a social distancing in the social media sense, just taking a couple of days out going, that's not being helpful. I'm just not even going to look at any of that. And I'm going to remember what I actually need to feel informed and I'm going to ignore the rest. And I'm going to then start thinking about what I need to bring to others so that they feel peaceful while we're traveling through uncertain times. Um, because it's always uncertain times, right? We talked about this before we pressed record. Um, You're always going to find people that disagree with veganism or meat eating, you know, like that's always going to, it's always going to be uncertain as to which one might be right because basically neither is and both are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff, I just think, okay, so where am I, what's my peaceful language what is the unifying message? Where do we overlap? And to build tools 
in the work that we produce for our community that reflect that high value of peace. And so that, that that for me is alignment personally and alignment in my work. I love that. How do you get to that point? So let's dive into that a bit deeper. Is that through meditation that you come to that? Is that through journaling? Is that through sitting under a tree and pondering? How how do you make sure that you are in that space? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it really is just stepping away from everything and starting from the very basics of um, the truth of a situation or a circumstance um, and finding, yeah, I think for me talking is actually really useful. Like I sometimes just (laughs) talk to myself. Yes, I do it. Oh, I'm doing that more and more at the moment. Don't (laughs) worry. Yeah, we're all talking to ourselves now that we're socially isolating. Absolutely. I had that conversation with my dog Atlas earlier today going, I think I'm talking a little bit too much out loud and I've caught myself doing it as I'm walking outside with a two and I'm like, oh, we're outside now. (laughs) Remember, you're actually outside of the unit now. Uh, Yeah, yeah. You are now outside and able to be seen by no one because they're all inside, so don't worry. One of the beautiful things about where I am in Alexandria is more people are outside than ever. Uh, Oh, that's so great. It's beautiful to see there's more kids kicking footballs in the park than I've ever seen in the six months that I'm living here and there's more people saying hello to each other on the street than ever before. How awesome is that, right? I have noticed the most fantastic explosion of neighbourly awesomeness. Absolutely. um, Both in ourselves and what we think to do for others as well as what people are thinking to do for us. My neighbour downstairs just wrote a little card yesterday Mm -hmm. and popped it under our door. Um, to just introduce herself and say if there's anything you need during this crazy time where I'm sure everyone's just trying to figure out how to do it all with our kids at home, just let me know. Here's my number. You know, it's just it's like, beautiful. oh, I dropped a suit down to number one. You know, because <laughs> I'm, so I'm coming to move into your apartment block. It's awesome. It's so lovely. It's so lovely. It's one of those mm. things when I, because I, for aligned you listeners, I used to live down the South Coast, which is from being originally a Sydney girl. And I moved down the South Coast when I was 28. And so it was a shock to my system when everybody started saying hello to me. I thought they were weirdos. And so it took me a little while to get used to the fact I needed to say hello back. But having lived there for 15 years, it's become second nature. So when I first yeah. moved back to the city and I was saying hi to everybody and I was getting that same weird I look back, it's actually yeah. lovely that it's being re- reciprocated now because I just kept doing it because it was fun and it was making them smile. Um, so that was, it's it's a beautiful thing. In terms of staying aligned as well, because this is one of the, the premises of this interview series, is to figure out what the common themes are between successful people that are doing well in in all aspects of life or the majority of aspects of life because I think we're all human and there's, there's very few people that have all their shit going on in every single area of their life all the time. Oh, absolutely. Anybody yeah, that says that. focus everywhere all the time. Really. Yeah. <laughs> but, mm. you know, in general has most of it going on more often than not, um, what those general themes are. And so, you know, are you really routine driven? Are you fly by the seat of your pants? Is life driven by, you know, kids in your world? How do, how do you approach a week? What helps you stay on track and what sort of habits do you put in on a regular basis? I'm a big fan of the um, business principle of what is the number one thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I try, well, no, I don't try. I do. I do that first. Yep. So every day I have a number one thing and every half day I have a number one thing. What's the thing that needs to be done before lunch? 
what's the thing that needs to be done. And, and by needs, I don't mean other people telling me they need things. I mean, in my work, what do I deem to be the most important thing to get done? Um, and then that can be a chunked down part of a bigger thing if I'm working on a big project or a big piece of writing. Um, and because I, I just feel like the freedom comes if you've gotten your most, the things that you value the most as the most important thing to get done, done. Yep. If they're done, everything else kind of just falls in line behind it and it's not the end of the world if it's on the next day because something else came up. But if you got your thing done that was the most important thing, then you can always let slide anything else because that wasn't as important. So it helps me feel accomplished. It helps me feel like I'm at least moving forward, even in the weeks where when you've chunked down something really massive and you haven't defined it as the most important thing, it can feel like you're not moving forward fast enough. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I generally find if I do that, then I'm all good. I definitely do far, far better if I have a good high, high protein breakfast. Um, I feel like food cravings, all that kind of stuff just is so much less likely to happen through a monthly cycle if I get a really good big breakfast happening in the mornings. So that's something I always prioritise. And then I always prioritise some form of body movement. For me, just doing a few um, sun salutation rotations, something really, really simple like that 10, 15 minutes of yoga um, is great. Uh, sometimes it can be um, just a little walk down to the park after I've um, dropped my son at the train station. Just, just so important to move and get the endorphins going, get the dopamine up um, before you sit down, especially or stand up. I'm standing at a standing desk right now, but I tend to do a bit of a mix of both. Um, and I noticed also I'm definitely more productive if rather than trying to immerse myself in something and trying to take regular breaks throughout the day and take little snacks or, you know, have a couple of crackers with some goat's cheese or some, you know, little things, I feel better and I feel more organised if I stop and prepare myself a really nice little lunch and take the time to do that for myself. Um, nice because uh, that's like just giving yourself a bit of love. And then after lunch, I always tend to do some self-learning while I eat lunch if I'm eating from, if I'm working from home on my own without the team. Um, so I'll do some, you know, I'll watch a lecture or uh, do, you know, just keep moving forward in a course because I always consecrate about 10% of my time to learning rather than creating um, and uh, I think that's really important for me. And then after lunch, I'll just have a little sit down. I'll put my feet up on the couch and just give my adrenals a big fat hug by doing absolutely nothing for a little bit. I love and uh, it doesn't take long. Ten minutes of your feet higher than your heart uh, is 90% adrenal recovery. And I think if every woman did that after lunch every day, if she actually made time for lunch at all, exactly. um, would be a, an amazing step towards just a... a, a just feeling regrouped, feeling centred, feeling like you've got the time to even prioritise, let alone, you know, that feeling that so many women these days have happening to us. Life is happening to us, you know, but if we actually take a bit of time out, we get to design and that's, I mean, that is where the magic starts to happen. 100%. I love that. And do you get up at the same time every day and what 
digit is in front of it more often than not. <laughs> I am uh, a seven o'clock girl. I wake up quite late. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I don't feel the need to have special morning time before everyone wakes up. I know a lot of people that works for them. Um, my brain comes to life in the evenings. Interesting. And, uh, and I love that time when the family's gone to bed between 10 and 11.30 when I tend to go to bed. Um, my time. Just nice. I tend to write, like I could easily write 2,000 words in an hour, an hour and a half. Wow. If, if in the evening, whereas in the morning, forget it. It's just not when my time is. And I think that's part of, you know, so many, God, I mean, how many articles have we read, CEOs, secrets to like a successful life and all that kind of stuff where um, it, it seems like everyone is up at the crack of dawn or before. Um, and I've got friends who are and life works beautifully for them doing that. It doesn't work for me and that's okay because we could equally write a, a top 10 CEOs who are night owls, you know, and it's just not a story that's being written, that's all. It doesn't Absolutely. mean it's not okay. Uh, so I really encourage, just like I, I feel about food, is to find something that works for you and cultivate it and work on it. Um, don't just be the person who doesn't try to figure out what the best thing is for you, though. You know what I mean? That's Absolutely. Well, I think that's a key, thing. right, is that you're actually taking, I love what you said about taking the time out. I talk about checking out so you can check back in, is to actually spend the time to give yourself the space to be able to figure out what it is that you want, not actually taking on somebody else's values. What works for you mm. definitely wouldn't work for me. I tried studying once doing an all-nighter. It was the worst thing I ever did because not only was I tired the next day, I hadn't retained any of the information. I'm much more a morning person. So I was up early this morning, did have a bit of a sleep in. So it was the six was actually on my clock. So that's a sleep in for me. But I was Ah, up up working at 6.30 because that's when I'd, I'd, it's interesting. So I'm much better off going hard from 6.30 to say 11 and then having the rest of the day off. Um, And Mm. That's where it's fascinating when we, and I realise, and I'm sure as you you would speak to as well, is not everybody's in that position that they can do that. However, right now, and when this particular podcast is probably going to go live, is there's going to be a lot of people working from home. So yeah. it, it's one of those things is really figuring out how you get the most out of yourself truly mm. can help you be your best aligned self. Um, yeah, it really more. can. And, you know, for me, it's just I get my best sleep in those early hours of the morning. It's when my body feels really relaxed and, uh, and I sleep so deeply. And, uh, and, and if I don't sleep well, everything else goes a bit haywire. So if your best sleeping hours are between 11 and 7, then knock yourself out and keep yeah. it. But if they're sort of 9.30 to 4, I've got a few friends who are writers and that tends to be more their timing. Um, then that's great too. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it is great. Well, it's giving, it, it's giving yourself the chance to figure that out, isn't it? And that's yeah, what that's, that's certainly right. what Aligned You is all about, is figuring out what mm. works for you, not me or not Alex. It's it's about giving yourself the space to do that. Now, before we go today, Alex, I so appreciate your time today, but like every interview and like every podcast that I do, we must finish with your top five. So, mm-hmm. What is playing high rotation up loud music-wise for you right now? So right now, actually, it was, okay, right right now, which was <laughs> like, the last time I played music was last night um, yep. with my son. We were cooking and I wanted to put on something really happy and I thought, oh, we haven't listened to the Greatest Showman soundtrack for oh, ages. Nice. 
is 10. We love singing together. So um, so we put it on. And then, of course, with the whole COVID-19 um, thing, and it was very raw on Sunday night when we were listening to this album, um, when, you know, the government had just announced that um, all the essential services only moving forward and all that kind of stuff had literally just gone down. And uh, we knew probably on Monday, which was yesterday at this point, that schools were going to shut as well. And I had already made that decision to keep Seb at home, so it wasn't um, completely uh, new for me. But it was a big energetic time in in life. And then this greatest show and song comes on, the one uh, A Million Dreams, and, uh, you know, design a world um, for the world we're going to make. And I just... (laughs) Started crying. It's like, oh my god. Okay, I'm going to suggest listening to the feel. Like that, it's a little more uplifting yeah. for. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh, true. It's beautiful. It's I love gorgeous. her version. It's, it's but it really is. We are song. in a place where we have just 100%. had to break it all down until it's all fallen in a heap on the floor, and now we get to build it back up. Yeah. Um, when all of this is said and done, and. Um, I mean, you know, with a virus, it's never done because of mutations and things. We're going to get really technical, but it will be better, and we will be able to reopen schools and go to the movies and uh, hug our friends—just <laughs> the simple things, you know. Um, so, and, and it's there's, we're in a beautiful position. So it was a very emotional moment, um, and uh, and I've listened to it a couple of times since to just kind of unpack that a little bit. Why it made me feel so emotional and have some some can sort of build some thoughts around it um so yeah that was that was this the album that we listened to a couple of times in the in the last couple of days but i I listened to the the most vast range of music well you can you can have a top five next time you're on and you can talk more about that thanks well you're welcome um what (laughs) um, what book are you reading at the moment or what books are you reading are you a high rotation multiple book kind of lady or are you one book at a time No, I am a multiple book kind of person because I tend to be reading a couple of books for research purposes as well as um, a couple of books for personal learning. I'm not a huge fiction girl. I I think I might move into fiction later in life, but um, right now uh, in this time in my life it's it's non-fiction all the way. And uh, I'm just looking over at my current bookshelf So I'm reading um, this fantastic book by one of our best farmers called um, Call of the Reed Warbler by Charles Massey, a regenerative um, agriculture farmer. And it's all about his journey into um, studying uh, farming and really trying to understand what helps ecosystems function and thrive and what helps a farmer leave their land in a better place than they found it every year um, and cultivate thriving soil um, and some of the tools that are used to do that. And it's just such a good book. So um, I'm, I'm really loving that. And uh, I'm reading another book whose um, name, the author's name has just escaped me. <laughs> Far out. Oh, gosh. I should Google it while we're talking. I'm, I'm giggling because, because pre-us going live today, I did mention these questions to Alex and part of why I like to give people notice about that is I often have multiple books on the go but I mm. don't remember author's name. So I apologise. Oh, that's her name. Here we go. There you go. See, I put the mocker on you. Did you like that <laughs> music to, so you could actually find her name? Yeah, thanks. That's so thoughtful of you as a, as a consummate host. 
<laughs> and then I just opened the windows to how that actually just worked. <laughs> Aligned you, listeners. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, love it. Um, okay, so this book is great and actually it'd be really helpful, especially if it's going live soon-ish, this chat. Uh, it's by a psychologist, Angela Duckworth, and the book is called Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, what could be a better personal <laughs> personal learning book for um, this particular time, especially in resilience building? There's a lot of people, you know, when we have these crises and you know we don't know that the bushfires are coming this well actually we did there were tons of us that were trying to raise the alarm for many many years but that wasn't a great example but we didn't know for a fact even though Bill Gates actually told us in 2015 that this pandemic was coming um, and all of a sudden life has been completely turned on its head for like more than half of us I mean, unless you're in soap and essential services, <laughs> life is very different all of a sudden. And, and even um, in essential services, life is very different at the moment. Yes, of course. I mean, doctors, nurses, healthcare workers of all kinds just up against it and up against a not very well-known enemy yet. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot that comes with that, a lot of risk that people being out and having to touch people, interact with people, are in just from the very fact that they're out working in their supermarkets or pharmacies. So, I mean, you know, it is a really crazy time. And then all of us who don't have jobs, you know, I mean, we could go on and on about how this has affected people and cultivating grit is a really fantastic thing to do with all of this extra time a lot of people have. 100%. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a game-changing book. It's, a, it's definitely much more of a nuts and bolts book than a, than a spiritual book. Um, which I tend to often have a spiritual growth book on the go as well, um, but I don't right now. Um, but, yeah, I still think it's it's extremely um, practical and oh, important, okay. yeah. What have you done in the last week? Like what's your favourite thing that you've done this week that's either helped you align or has helped you de-stress? So I'm going to use a word that I used to use in my old podcast. I think it's appropriate mm-hmm. in our current time. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, look, so we're on day four of home learning, me and my son. And, uh, you know, that's obviously, that obviously means that my day's timetable is, is a little bit different right now. And, um, you know, and I have a 10-year-old that's relatively easy to set on with a task. You maybe need to check in a couple of times every half hour, but um, like he can do two hours once, you know, with a bit of chat but will largely do that himself. If you had toddlers right now or a kindergartner, they're going to need help with every single worksheet um, and, uh, and that's not going to be easy for a lot of people. I feel fortunate that I have one child and he is 10, so that's where we're at because I know this is much more complicated for most parents out there right now. Um, let alone the late teenagers. I had a girlfriend going, right, uh, I did biology at school and my year 11 boy needs help with his physics homework. Right. <laughs> Not helpful. <laughs> so, um, but what I did yesterday when I realised there were a few holes in his learning to be able to actually um, thrive as a home learning dude was I just gave him the day. I gave him the whole day. We worked on how to, because I, I don't know how to use a Surface Pro, you know, I'm learning as well because I'm a Mac person. So just to figure out how to download things, right-click, save stuff, upload things, all that kind of stuff, we just spent the whole day doing his curriculum. 
And that helped me feel aligned because it reminded me what my number one priority and choice to be my number one priority is, which is him. So, um, you know, often it's not about you. And I think alignment can come when we give ourselves over to a situation and a person and make it all about them and be giving for a whole day can be extremely therapeutic and feel very useful. Um, You know, we all want to be useful in life and... um, And so sometimes when you can't figure out how to be useful, maybe in the job that you used to have that's all of a sudden gone, find someone to cook for. Find an old person to chat to on the phone if you have to. Um, You know, we can all be so useful and that can be a way to find alignment in some pretty turbulent times. Absolutely. Final quote and thought. What Have you got a favourite quote and perhaps a final thought for our Aligned You listeners, Alex, before we, we finish off today? So quote um you know one of my favorite quotes is uh an anti-dogma quote it's one of oprah's where she helps people realize that not all religious people are spiritual um and not all spiritual people choose to manifest that in a religion Mm. and i think it's a quote that you can apply to everywhere that we see dogmatic thinking black and white thinking and realize that the magic is in the gray the embracing of all that is in the middle and what does it really mean to be a great person spiritually evolved compassionate um uh, aligned with yourself um it doesn't necessarily have a label that has a, a leader whether that be a dietary protocol leader a religious leader you know it it can it i personally think it could easily be free from all of those things mm-hmm. It's uh, more about what you're talking about in this show, Maria, the central theme, alignment. Mm. So um, that's, that's a quote I always love uh, and, um, and find really soothing. And any final thoughts for our Aligned You listeners? Um, I guess my final thought for people, especially seeking to do meaningful work in their lives, uh, it always helps to think about the situation at hand, whatever you want to help people with, find one person to help first Mm -hmm. and then just build from that. They'll tell someone, oh, my gosh, you know, Maria was amazing last week when I went to her with this problem. Uh, You know, maybe she could help you too. People start talking and often in this day and age people are like, how do we get like 50,000 followers and how do I, you know, have like a seven-figure business and all this crap, numbers and figures, who are you helping in a meaningful way? Who are you being of service to right now? Mm-hmm. And uh, if you are really, really lost, which is chances are a lot of people are right now, bring it right back down to basics, how you like to show up, what makes you feel in flow, what kind of person you feel most useful to when you connect and you support someone else and go find those people and start helping them. That becomes meaningful work, paid or unpaid, um, and at least it feels aligned at the end of the day. And so I love that. And one of the things that, that helps coming people. through, I think 100% it will. Um, and one of the themes that's coming through really strongly at the moment and uh, is that it's not about the same routine. It's not about the same style of business. But one of the things that's coming through very commonly with all the interviews that I'm doing is that for most of us, it starts with our own personal journey and people actually watching what we're doing and asking how the hell we're doing it. 
um, and then mm. getting involved from there. So, Alex, thank you so much for your time in such an uncertain time. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you and uh, really appreciate you being on the show today. And that's it for today's episode, Aligned You listeners. Remember to hit the five-star ratings and share today's episode with your friends. And be sure to join our collective on Facebook and Instagram at Aligned You. Look forward to catching you next time. The information shared on Aligned You podcast is of general nature and for information purposes only. It is not specific medical or personal advice. You should seek assistance from your healthcare practitioner for your individual circumstances. Any information provided doesn't imply endorsement or third-party devices or products and cannot provide you with health and medical advice.